0: Listeners and Welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 Podcast. I'm your host, Chuck Peters. We're going to be talking today about leading leaders, about connecting with teachers. Many of us got into kids ministry because we are gifted at working with kids, or we're drawn to that. And we really quickly find that there's a whole lot more to kids ministry than just working with children. We actually have to interface with other adults to lead volunteers and to work with other adult staffers at our church uh, and to interact with parents. And that becomes a very Very important part of our role is leading leaders and connecting with teachers. And so today we have with us Delaney Williams. Hi, Delaney. Hey, Chuck from our Kids Ministry Specialist team. And Delany is a full-time trainer. She travels the country for us uh, here at Lifeway Kids, and she interfaces with churches and church leaders. She speaks and lectures and teaches. Now, she was in the church just a couple years ago, right? Right. In the preschool area.
1: Yes, preschool minister.
0: And so she has a strong specialty in that area, but she's also a leader of leaders and a teacher of teachers. And so we had the opportunity to get together today to talk about this notion of leading adults and we're going to discuss some practical things that we can do or some tips that you have Delany that we are anxious to hear about how we can be more effective at leading other leaders and connecting with our teachers so thank you for being here to talk about that she's a Texan and I am I am Baylor girl I am sick sickum I was going to say there's something that you do it's not gigum right. sickum bears yeah thank you You know, I grew up in the Northeast, in uh, New Jersey, and we don't have college sports there. We have Princeton and Rutgers. And so, you know, there's college sports. Sports are academic. When (laughs) you go to Texas, though, sports are very important. Right. So, are you a sports fan?
1: I am very much a sports fan. I knew
0: that about you, so that so. was a little bit of a leading question, I right. guess. So, right. tell us a little bit, because we always like to get to know our guests, tell us a little bit about what are, where are your loyalties, where do they right. lie? Are you straight Texas all the way?
1: Well, in some sports, yes. You already mentioned that I'm, um, I went to Baylor, so I'm definitely um, a loyalist to Baylor sports and big fan. And so they've got the a pretty
0: Baylor. good football team.
1: They have, and we're in rebuilding season right now, <laughs> and so that's what uh, we say
0: about the Titans.
1: Exactly right. Always. So that's why I cheer for the Titans too, because you know <laughs> I feel that similarities. But you know the basketball teams and stuff, both of the girls and the boys, and also um, definitely I'm a Baylor fan, but I do like the Texas Rangers and you know of course I grew up with them um, my I have an older brother and so I think a lot of those that love for sports came from um, his love of sports too and just as we were growing up you know going to games together and watching sporting events you know i I like some of the Cowboys, but I wouldn't say I'm I like particular players I'm not you know I'll cheer for the Cowboys but I'm not, you know, diehard Cowboys
0: So we're, we only have one rule in our house with my boys, who are 12 and 10, Tyson and Tate. Hi, guys. We only have one rule, and that's you can like any team you like except for the Cowboys. Because, you know, I grew up in New Jersey, so we're Giants people. Right, right. The Cowboys are like, uh, I can understand. I know. They're the enemy. I could even live with the Redskins. Ooh, As hard as that is to say. No, we. Right. Dak Prescott, though, is a really cool guy. Yeah. So there, so there are some me. cool players yes, and stuff, we'll so give I'll cheer that. for them. But so so, now I knew that Delany was a very serious sports fan. Um, We had the opportunity every once in a while to travel together to conferences and things. We were coming back from... Heart of the Child Conference in Oklahoma, and we're on the airplane, and we happen to be in the same row. And Delaney gets out her laptop, and she was watching the Baylor basketball game. I think it was live on the plane.
1: Right. And I'm like, that. wow,
0: she's really serious.
1: And we almost pulled out that win against Kansas. <laughs> remember, it was the last minute. I think, and I was like, it was like Man, the we can't Final finish four, it, right? Or yeah, and so
0: sixteen, whatever it was. It I was where yeah, we it was conference play. Yeah, it conference was something,
1: play. but yeah. Um, and so it just anyway. get our hopes up and then there's going to be one day.
0: Well funny. Now were you athletic as a child?
1: I I played some sports. What did you play? Man, um I did probably like I did T-ball and then I did softball but each of those, maybe one or two seasons, but really, where my dedication was, is the cheerleading and drill oh. team we, in Texas because sports are big. We also have Pee Wee drill team and Pee Wee cheer, and so um, when a lot of the boys do all the football, all the girls do cheerleading and. Drill so team. you cheered. So I cheered. Okay, yes. I didn't so know that about you. Through um, through middle school and high school, cheered as well. So.
0: Well, great, great. Well, it's just always fun to talk with you. And this we were not scheduled to talk today, but I'm so glad for this opportunity. And I feel like that, um, you know, there's a reason that we're getting to have this conversation today. We know that listeners out there um, are looking for answers, looking for solutions. And this is one of those areas that we're going to be discussing about connecting with your teachers and, and building relationship with them, equipping them for success. That's so key to our success as leaders in kids ministry. And so we mm-hmm. wanna spend a little bit of time talking with you about how we can care for those leaders and connect with those leaders. You know, do we know them? And how important right. is it that we do, as opposed to just having warm bodies in the room? Exactly. Right? So exactly. let's talk a bit about why, why is it so important um, that we connect with our teachers in our kids ministry environments?
1: Well, you know, Chuck, I remember you mentioned a few minutes ago just about how a lot of times kids ministry leaders see oh yes I'm gonna connect with kids I'm gonna connect with their parents and unfortunately we aren't intentional about connecting with the leaders and we think oh you know that's that's not part of my job or you know that's really not important and I think that we fell and we we fail to miss or we fell to um, utilize the opportunity to connect with them, to build those relationships with them. And so I think it's important that we are intentional to um, see ways that we can connect with them. And for me personally, if you would have asked me, I don't know, seven or 10 years ago, you know, do you connect with teachers that serve in the ministry that you lead? I would say, oh, yeah, you know, I know their name. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, they, they teach this class but probably about 5 years ago mm. what happened to me during that time of reenlistment you know during the yes. summer where you just hope if you don't ask the teachers if they're going to return to teach next year that they're just going to right yes, you yes. know so if they don't tell you no then yeah they're going to teach but we as i was going through that one-on-one reenlistment time, if you will, asking them, you know, which age would you like to teach next year? Didn't ask them, you know, are you going are you to going teach? To? <laughs> right. It which was, is a really which, yeah, clever which,
0: way to approach way the subject.
1: Right. And as I listened to them, one by one, they were sharing, you know, I've loved teaching for years. And some of them, it was 15 plus years mm-hmm. they had been teaching the ministry. But they said, I have to be really honest with you. I'm struggling with do I go back to an adult fellowship Bible study class or do I stay teaching? Because they said I love mm-hmm. teaching. I love getting to know the kids and their parents. But I'm, I'm really missing that sense of community. I'm really missing that being a part of a group. And so the Lord used those teachers in my life to help me see, okay, this, mm-hmm. this is important. Because as I began to ask other teachers, I would ask them, please be honest. Please be transparent. And they would say, yes, you know, I mean, I come to church and I know you care about us. I know other people care about me. But if there was something going on in my life where I needed to call three people and say, please pray for Mm. me or I need some help in this ministry area. Can you come over to my house? I don't know if I would have Mm. people that I could call. And that really broke my heart because I thought, you know, as a kid's ministry, as a kid's minister, Here we are leading people, but am I truly leading my leaders and connecting with them and creating that sense of community, which I think people in our churches are wanting so much is that, that sense of community. So I saw the importance of that. But then also just from the realistic part, I was like, if we don't do something purposeful and intentional, then... Teachers may not return teaching, and it'll be harder to enlist them as well.
0: So you've hit on a couple of key things there that are worth highlighting. One of those is we know as kids leaders that many of us feel disconnected from the church right. and isolated. And a lot of us think, well, that's just because of the role, right? I'm in a role where I'm working with the kids all the time, and I'm not able to sit in worship or to be a part of a small group in the same way. And so unless we are intentional, leaders will fall into that. right? We, we can, and that can be discouraging and leave us isolated from the rest of the body. So that's something that we need to be aware of. But what we may not be as aware of is that as we recruit people, we are kind of bringing them into that same situation where people who do serve faithfully week after week after week, year after year, may may themselves feel disconnected from the rest of the church because they are serving. And so we have a, a responsibility there to look out for them in that situation and provide a sense of community of our own.
1: Definitely. And I think, too, those are both great points that you highlighted because now seeing it from the perspective as a ministry volunteer in my current situation. Now, since I'm here at Lifeway, I teach five-year-olds on Sunday morning at my church here. And, and you know, now I completely understand what it's like to be that volunteer, wanting that community. And mm-hmm. I'm blessed to serve in a preschool ministry where My preschool minister will text me or she'll call me during the week and um, just say, how are you doing? How can I be praying for you? And as a volunteer, that means so much Mm. to me. And its I know I'm making a difference with the kids, but I know – I make a difference in this ministry, and I make a di- difference to this leader in my ministry mm, as well. Because our teachers are
0: pouring out, exactly. right? And we, and we know what that's like to pour out, and eventually your bucket gets empty, and now you have nothing right. to give anymore, right? You're pouring out of an empty bucket, and right. so we need to be a place that actually is replenishing our leaders. So you've right. got some tips and ideas about how we might do that well. Definitely. So what are What are some bits of advice? Where do we begin? to connect with them. So we all know we need to recruit people. Uh, right. So there's an added advantage. I guess it's really a benefit, right? We don't necessarily connect with people in order to keep them longer. However, by connecting with people in a true, genuine way, we may retain them longer in our ministry.
1: Definitely. I found that to be the case with um, in the church where I served. People, they felt more that community. Felt. There's that word again, but it was, you know, I'm a part of a team. Yeah. I'm making a difference i was building relationships and friendships with other teachers and two they also wanted to bring in their friends that maybe weren't teaching you know so all of a sudden there was that yes you know i'm being ministered to as well mm-hmm. i'm ministering but i'm sorry go ahead No, go, just... i was
0: just going to ask you so you know i kind of am sensing as i listen to our own conversation here that our listeners might be thinking okay this is great I love this idea, right? Yes, we want to include our people in community. Is that not just one more thing for me to do? Right? Because right? we already have, people have full plates already. And although this is a wonderful idea, yes, it would be great to figure out how we can build community and, and mentor people and even just care for them and, and lean into our leaders. Right. How do we avoid that from feeling like just one more thing that we don't have time for?
1: Definitely. Well, and I think part of it is, is you you equip others on your team that are already there to be doing it to planning it to cuz like you said our our to-do list is never ending mm. and so something to keep in mind is you don't have to be the one planning everything connecting everyone you know delegate that allow others to use their gifts that maybe they would be using in an adult group that if they like to plan fellowships and I'll share some ideas with that, but Hey, you know, let them plan that. And that gives them ownership as well. There's also something that I want to remind the listeners too, is that this doesn't just happen overnight, that it takes time. And it's that consistency and intentionality over time that truly builds that community.
0: Hmm. And it sounds like what you're really describing is not so much an event or a task, but a culture right. that we exactly. need to create.
1: Right, right. And one of the ways we would do that is whenever someone came on board or began serving in our ministry, I would be intentional about getting to know them, past their name, past what class they were teaching. And so that was learning even how to say their name and spell their name. And so we, for instance, we had several Christies serving in our ministry. And so one spelled at C R C H R S T I, and then one ended I E, and one ended with Y. But I need to mix them up, right? And so nobody likes
0: to have their name misspelled, exactly.
1: Right? And that's something someone's name is so important to them and is unique to them. And so that was so your okay.
0: So your name is Delaney, right? D E L A N E E. Have you ever had anyone get your name incorrect?
1: Um, <laughs> I've lost count.
0: Yes. <laughs> so what yeah. kind of things do you get?
1: Um, I've had Delaney. That's usually what I get. Delaney, Delene, Delana. I've had Delance. That was a different one.
0: Um, huh. but Michael Wally is here yeah. running audio for us or recording the podcast. Hi, Michael.
1: Hi, Chuck. He's not
0: on a mic, but he's here. So, Michael, did, have you ever had anyone get your name wrong? I'm sure all the time, right?
2: Oh, all the time. Michael is one of the most basic names ever, but I have one of the most unbasic spellings, if that's even a word. Um, it's always wrong. In fact, even when I started working here, my email was wrong, my credit card was wrong. So I'm pretty used to it, but I like the spelling of my name.
0: And so getting people's names right is one of those little things that really affects how people feel about us, right?
1: Right. Well, and I think it communicates, hey, someone truly knows me and I'm special to them. And so, you know, it's like, how people may be asking, well, how did you keep it, you know, organized of who spelled whose name, you know, which way. I had our teachers complete a sheet that was like an all about me sheet that many times we have our kids or the kids in our class that we teach, you know, it's just general information. Um, You know, something that we had on our teachers was um, their birthday. We had their anniversary, if applicable, but their favorite Bible story ways that we could be praying for them why they began teaching in the preschool ministry and then we had fun things like where was your birthplace and what was your favorite candy and so just different things to get to know about them and we also had a place there that they could tell us about their family and what i found for me personally is something a tool like that i referred to um, very often i would keep it in a notebook on my desk and it helped me as i was praying for them but then also just to get to know them well. And there was even a question on there, you know, when's the best time to visit with you by phone or text, you know, that mm-hmm. way. So, again, I could quickly refer to information about our teachers. And so what I did, like, for their birthdays was on their birthday, I would get their favorite candy, if possible. you know, and just a short little card, and then have it in their classroom for them. And just
0: little things like that go a long
1: way. And people would send me, you know, texts and thank you notes. That meant so much to me. You know, how did you know that this is my favorite? And then later I'd remind them, remember that (laughs) sheet you completed? (laughs) Yeah, and so I think things like that, getting to know their family as well, because many times we forget their family as part of our ministry. Mm. If, um, If the parent's serving, then the kids are... Indirectly, part of our ministry because it's a family effort to get there early, mm-hmm. whenever they're teaching and um, in preparation. So, get uh, one of the biggest ways to connect with them is just individually getting to know about them, and um, and learn everything you can do, and even through social media. If you're friends with them, that's a quick way to connect with teachers. To kind of be aware of
0: their interests and other exactly. Things. So, th- I've got a couple thoughts coming off of what you just said. One is you know, we know, uh, going back to the love languages, right, that we've all heard about, that different people receive appreciation in different ways. And so you kind of really have to know someone to know if a gift is something that speaks to them, or if it's a, a word of encouragement, some positive affirmation, or an act of service of some kind. And so do you, are you discerning about your leaders in that way where you kind of get to know specific ways to encourage each one.
1: Right. And I think a lot of that was through observation that you could see that and I could jot notes down on each of their pages that, you know, this is what they enjoy or this is what really encourages them, you know, because like you said, a text or a note may not mean a lot to one person, but to another person, they may keep that note for years. And when they're discouraged, bring it back out, you know. So, yes, that's key understanding that Each volunteer is different and getting to know and understand which way of encouraging them is going to speak to them. And I think
0: we, and this is true of all leaders in all settings, Mm -hmm. we tend, and in all relationships, because I do this with my wife, we tend to like to give the thing that we would want to get. Right, right. right. I like gifts. I'm a gift guy. My wife is not a gift girl. She wants acts of service. She would rather I put gravel down in the driveway for her birthday rather than get her flowers or jewelry. So I need to learn that, right? And, but we tend to give what we want. So that awareness of understanding that different people speak different languages in terms of the affirmation we give is really key. You mentioned social media. Do you, um, what are your feelings on having some sort of a group for your leaders where you can communicate with them and uh, share information about the ministry?
1: You know, I think any way that we can use social media and encourage our leaders to get connected is going to be is positive. You know, I mean, there's some things you you need to think about security wise, if it's a close group, that type of thing, you know, what is discussed in the group. So you do need to set some boundaries, if you will, or procedures. But I think any time that you can create that community, you know, that that's going to be one way that's going to speak to some of your volunteers, that maybe would not be connected another way. So I definitely think that's a great way to um, to help connect with teachers.
0: So, okay, give us uh, a few practical tips. Where do we begin? So if we're listening to this and we're thinking, oh... This is something I need to work on. I right. could be better in this area. And I think we right. all could, right. uh, except for those few who are just, you know, killing this in this area. We can all learn from this and get better. So where would you recommend we right. start? What is, What is the first one, two, or three things uh, that might be places we go mm-hmm. cause, so this doesn't feel overwhelming, but so that we can get moving in the right direction?
1: Right. Well, I think definitely, you know, getting to know them as a person. And then, two, also listening to them and listening to their verbal feedback but also nonverbal feedback. So as you get to know them, and all, you may notice that maybe a teacher that was there on time every week, or even in, when I say on time, I mean early and prepared. All of a sudden, early
0: is on time. On exactly. time is late. Exactly.
1: Yeah. And and maybe they're coming in rushing, you know, into the And so you're noticing something's different. They haven't said anything to you, but they're nonverbal communicate. They're communicating nonverbally that maybe something's going on in their life. Well, it may be a family situation that if you just go up and say, hey, how's everything going, and asking an open-ended question, then that's going to give the free them the freedom to share with you. And so just really being in tune with the Holy Spirit as you are walking around and ministering to them and just ask the Lord, Lord, help me see these people through your eyes. Give me sensitivity in my eyes and my ears and and give me the wisdom of the words to say as you're talking with them. And truly, listen, because people want to know that they matter. And so when you're asking a genuine question, they can tell it's genuine and and caring for them. And I think, too, when you have the opportunity to pray for them, Pray for them. And it doesn't have to be this long, you know, drawn prayer, but just a quick, let them know you're praying for them. And there's something special about hearing people praying over you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important for our, our teachers to hear. So listening Um, to their actions and then also their needs, but then also even just asking them questions and truly valuing their feedback. I know sometimes I would ask our teachers, hey, you know, how do you feel, how did you feel about this training? And they'd be like, oh, it's great and everything. I was like, no, what did you feel worked well? What are some other topics that you would like covered in trainings? Or what can we do to help you in your role as a teacher? And some of the teachers were like, you really want to know? I was like, yes, I really want to know. And so they would give these ideas, and it helped me um, hear from them. It was sharing from a different perspective that maybe I hadn't seen it in a while. And so not only hearing what they were saying, but validating it is very important. That built trust. Mm-hmm. Then what I found was, when they knew they were validated, they would even share more, and they would be very truthful with me. And sometimes that truth is hard to hear, mm-hmm. but we need it to grow as a leader, and also as we need that truth to help grow the ministry as well. And so um, definitely listening to them and asking those questions. Something that I would do to for our new teachers was about a month after they began teaching, I'd call them and say, hey, I just have three questions, or Email if that was easier for them and say, what have you enjoyed most? Mm-hmm. What has been the most challenging part? And what do you wish you would have known before you began teaching that? Now you know, but what do you wish we would have told you? Yeah. Those I learned so much through just those conversations with those teachers. And what I found is it also encouraged them to, to know that they were valued, that they were part of of our team as well, and that they had a voice. It wasn't just, Mm. you know, the leader leading the ministry, but they were truly part of our ministry as well. Yeah. And so I would say that and then also just finding ways for teachers to connect with other teachers. Mm. I think that's big. We talked about how they miss that adult fellowship. And so that's a way that you can bring in other leaders in your ministry to plan, you know, "Let's, let's all go out to lunch after... After church, families included, and everyone pays for their own. But this this month, this quarter, we're going to go to this restaurant. Okay, you know, and then.
0: It's an opportunity to get to know one another. Exactly.
1: And, and understand that some of the people or all the people won't come to every event, but there will be some that will come. The ones that need to be there will connect. And it, that was one of the neatest things is to see those friendships grow that maybe these teachers didn't know each other before they began teaching and in ministry, but then after they began teaching and then seeing each other at different events or teaching together, then they became very close friends. Mm -hmm. So doing something like that, going to a restaurant, um, even something as simple as having one of them lead a Bible study other than a time that they're teaching, Mm -hmm. you know, that That also meets that need of that spiritual growth as well. And then even just meeting together before to briefly pray for the morning you teach. You know, just come quickly together, pray a couple minutes, and then everyone's able to go and teach in their class.
0: Connecting with teachers, so, so important to our success. None of us is meant to do ministry alone. We know building a team and working with others is how it's intended to be. So why we're the body. And so as uh, we evaluate who we're leading and how we're leading, Delaney, thank you for these great tips to help us build a culture of care, community, communication, and something else that starts with C. That would be really good. That I don't have right now. Care, community, communication, and culture is all good. So thank you. Thank you for those tips. Thank you so much, Delany, for being with us. We appreciate you. And listeners, thank you for listening. Guys, I want to welcome you as always or invite you to join us here in Nashville this October for the Etch Family Ministry Conference. Delany will be there. I will. And Michael will be there.
1: Absolutely. And
0: I'll be there, too. And we hope to see you there or here, as the case may be, in Nashville. Uh, It's... Uh, here in October. And information is available right now at etchconference.com. Go check that out. Pre-conference sessions are already online. You can look at those and decide which of those to attend. And we are having a party on the first night of the event. It's kind of a pre-show kickoff party that is free for you to attend. Michael, can you tell us a little bit about what to expect at this etch conference kickoff party.
2: Yeah. So for the first time ever, we are inviting you guys to our brand new LifeWay headquarters right outside of downtown Nashville. And we're going to have a party. We're going to have an official Etch kickoff party. So October 17th, the entire afternoon is pre-conference sessions, which you guys can add on to your Etch ticket. And then after that, we're having our Etch kickoff party. We're going to have food trucks available so you can um, purchase food. We're also going to have some free soft drinks and water. And um, one of the most fun parts is that you guys get to hang out with us. We want to hang out with you. You get to hang out with our Lifeway kids and Lifeway students team, network, and there's going to be live music because this is Music City. It's going to be an awesome time. How can you beat a free party? Free Hang out in
0: Nashville with the new Lifeway headquarters. So guys, please join us. Check out etchconference.com. We'd also encourage you to like Etch Conference on Facebook. There's a new page there, a new presence. So look to like that and watch for information about the Etch Conference. As always, thank you for listening to the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. We're so glad to have you, and we look forward to having you back again next time.